one doctor talked to me about an elderly gentleman that he was taking care of that had some pretty significant problems happening and he had been to the hospital multiple times. They just couldn't figure it out. He said, we got him to the hospital, he's alive, and now we're starting to dive into all of these other problems that even the hospital couldn't figure out because he was going to be there for only a short time. They couldn't figure out why he's not walking, why his bladder isn't emptying properly. I have time to dive into that stuff. It must be so rewarding to take care of patients in this way, to make somebody's life, make a patient's life so much better because you can really just take the time. And this is what you went to medical school for. This is what everybody wants out of their experience of being a primary care doc. And this is what DPC offers. Family medicine. It's the foundation of the healthcare system as we know it. But the system itself is in bad health. It needs to be changed from the bottom up. This podcast is dedicated to restoring you and your profession to the proper role. Enjoying being a physician, serving your patients at the highest possible level doing it with direct primary care. This is Nurturing the Heart of the Family Practice with Gail Brecky. Let's talk about primary care as a profession. Part of what I mean when I say primary care is a profession is to say that it's not just another specialty. Primary care is completely unique in the healthcare system in that it requires relationship to be successful. It requires time to have relationship And time is both time you're able to spend with the patient in a particular visit, as well as the availability for a patient to be able to get in and see you when something has happened or something has changed. Requiring a patient to to wait five or eight weeks to get in to see their primary care doc, that is not good primary care. And you could probably argue that's not even primary care at all. And primary care is also unique in that it is the only physician that has a whole person focus. Primary care is the only part of the healthcare system where more makes everything else work better. More improves health and prevents expensive downstream services. So this notion of primary care as a profession, as something completely unique and not just another specialty, is important for us to keep top of mind as we think about how to improve our lives as primary care docs. How can we restore ourselves or how can we rethink and make changes so that primary care is the fulfilling, wonderful profession that we thought we were entering into? It's really important to keep this unique value of primary care in mind because the structures around you today are problematic. We need to have the structures around you built in such a way that they allow you to succeed. They allow you to be the primary care doctor you're trained to be and you want to be. They allow you the time for that relationship and that trust and that whole person focus. I recently came across an article about the plight of primary care And the language that doctors use to describe their experience of providing primary care in the system is really heart-wrenching. They talk about a widget factory, demoralizing, daunting. They feel alienated. Things are insane. They are pawns of the system. 
One doctor said, I tried desperately to get all the screen work done and to figure out how to go faster. Another one said, I have a palpable sense of dread every time I look at the message portal. This is not what good primary care looks like. And this is not what you deserve. You have sacrificed. You have worked hard and studied hard in med school and beyond to be a primary care doc, to take care of people, to be that main contact, that trusted advisor, that trusted caregiver. You deserve better. Patients deserve better. We all deserve better because when primary care can't succeed, everything else doesn't work well either and everything else becomes way more expensive. Another doctor said, I'm a square peg, hammered, hammered, hammered to fit into a circle. So what can we do today? What can you do differently? What can you change? What baby steps can you take to start going in the right direction, to start restoring your profession, to start creating the situation where you can have a fulfilling practice, you can feel really good um, and really energized and really satisfied with how you're able to take care of patients. I think the thing to do is to focus on this uniqueness of primary care. So in your practice today, in the patients you're seeing today, I would suggest to pay a little bit more attention to their emotional state because that's the key to what is satisfying to you is to be able to take care of the whole patient. And the whole patient is not just about what their medications are and what their conditions are. It's about them as a person and it's about their emotions and their wishes. So trying to take a little bit more notice of their emotional state will make a big difference um, for how you feel about where you're going to create a better practice for yourself. The other suggestion I have is at the end of the day to review in your mind the patients that you saw that day and what their situations were And were there particular patients that could have benefited a great deal from more of your time today to just make a mental note of what those situations were? Was it a new problem that a complex patient had? Um, Maybe they have multiple conditions. Maybe there's some kind of interaction or something new happening. And you really would like to be able to take time and delve into that and talk to them more about what's happening and what has changed in their life. I think it's important to make note of this because, again, these are the sorts of things that you're going to create a practice that is fulfilling to you. You're going to have the ability to really delve in and spend more time with these patients. So really noticing and reviewing in your mind, what were those situations where a patient could have really benefited from more of my time? just to make you more aware of what the possibilities are and what the future is going to be once you make these changes for yourself. Let's talk just a bit more about this situation that we're in in primary care. So on the one hand, the history of family medicine and the history of primary care scholarship is pretty clear that there is a great value in good primary care, more primary care, in terms of health, in terms of satisfaction, in terms of downstream care and overall spending. But at the same time, we're in this situation where 
family doctors, primary care physicians are horribly overwhelmed, frustrated, burned out, suffering moral injury at epidemic proportions. And so we have to make sense of this. How is it that on the one hand, we kind of understand that primary care is important, but on the other hand, the reality is we're not doing that. We're not allowing primary care to be successful. So when we look at how you work in the system, we notice that there's always a third party between you and your patient. And when we think about what the primary function is or what the approach is of these third-party payers, what they are trying to accomplish, we see that a third-party being between you and your patients is the cause of everything you're burned out about. It's why you don't have time with patients. It's why these digital demands and measurement demands go up all the time and you only can spend maybe 25% of your time in face-to-face interaction with patient in the exam room. You have so much administrative nonsense that the third-party payers require of you that you don't have time to take care of your patients. So the third party between you and the patient is the root of the problem. And it's the thing we have to ultimately change. So it might be a little bit overwhelming to realize that This is a simple concept of what the problem is, because this is the root of why you can't spend time with your patients. You're letting somebody be between you and your patient. So we ultimately have to get rid of that. We ultimately have to embrace a different structure and create a different structure where you and your patient are aligned. You don't have somebody else telling you what to do and somebody else taking away your time from your patient. In a few minutes, we're going to get to some illustrations of the contrast of the experience of providing primary care between doctors in the system, doctors that used words words like widget factory and alienated and pawns. The contrast of that experience with the experience of providing primary care directly. So direct primary care doctors give us a wealth of information about what this is really like and how much more satisfying, how much happier they are to be taking care of patients. But first, I want to talk a little bit about networks. So networks, the status quo thinking about physicians is that you have to belong to networks because that's where your patients are going to come from. But networks are necessarily third-party payers. That's where micromanagement comes in. That's where lack of autonomy really takes root because when you have agreed to a network arrangement, it could be a fee schedule or maybe some other mechanism, but you are not in control then. You are not in charge of how you spend your time, how much you're paid, how you relate to your patients. So a network is necessarily a third-party payer in the middle of your relationship with your patients. And when we add workforce dynamics and workforce shortage issues into that equation, network is certainly not needed for any primary care physician to have a thriving practice. And that's not to say it's easy to, to flip a switch and all of your patients that you currently take care of that have insurance with networks 
that all of them will come over with you to a new direct primary care practice. They won't. But it is to say that we have to rethink the importance of network for primary care doctors and really realize that the network in a lot of ways is a lot of the problem because it's how we have convinced ourselves that we have to have that third party payer in the middle. But if we get rid of the third party or at least are open to how to do that and how much different it would be, and we realize we don't need networks, primary care docs, network is more of a problem and a source of all the burdens and the problems and the micromanagement, all the things you're burned out about. Um, so we really need to, you know, kind of separate that notion and not go along with the status quo thinking that you have to be in networks. Direct primary care is the counterexample to the burnout and frustration and just heart-wrenching stories of being a primary care doc in the system today with third-party payers in the middle of your doctor-patient relationships. Direct primary care typically is a membership-based practice style or practice model where members pay a fixed, flat, monthly fee for unlimited access to the doctor. And this allows the doctor to have a much smaller panel, so perhaps six or maybe 800 patients. And that allows them to have time to take care of you, to get you in if it's something urgent, a lot of times same day, urgent visits or next day, and certainly within a matter of a couple of days for something that's less urgent. And plenty of time to work with a patient. So 30 minute, even 60 minute appointments are not unusual. They're able to take whatever time is needed to talk about whatever needs to be talked about. And affordability is another key piece of it. So this is not only about how much the DPC membership fee is, it's also about the mindset of DPC doctors where they are vigilant about the cost that the patient is bearing. Um, many patients that have a DPC doctor don't have a typical insurance coverage where it's first dollar, it covers everything. A lot of patients at DPC practices have maybe high deductible health plans they might have an HSA with that to help them, you know, manage some of that, um, of those costs. Some have a health share, um, which behaves more like a catastrophic type of coverage. And some patients um, may not have anything else at all. They might just have direct primary care. And then whatever else happens, they're just paying for what is needed to their ability to pay for that. So DPC doctors, as a consequence of the kind of, of patient panel they have, are necessarily much more in tune with how much things are costing for the patient in primary care as well as elsewhere. I have talked to many doctors about this, and it's really one of the most valuable aspects of direct primary care because you're thinking about the whole patient and their whole experience in the system including their cost. So one doctor that I talked to said that one of the things we do as DPC doctors is to help patients navigate the healthcare system, which can be very treacherous. If Mrs. Smith needs a CAT scan, I can send her to the local hospital for a $2,000 CAT scan, or I can send her to a really good standalone clinic for $250. It's the same test. 
but it's better for my patient because she saved money. So it's really more of a holistic view of what's happening. So it's whole patient. It's whole patient medically and clinically and psychologically and community-wide and family and all of that in terms of whole patient focus, but also financially. The structure of the membership model is also a key piece of the affordability and the result of good care and good follow-up. One doctor talked about about half of my patients need more time. There's some symptoms that may not all fit together, and we just need a little bit more time to figure out what's going on. Now I have time to sit and think about it, to read, to research it, to come back, and you don't have to pay more copays, so you're not feeling the pressure to say you really can't come back and see me again for another visit. So I think that's a key piece as well of the membership model is that patients aren't thinking about contacting you or coming in for a visit in terms of, okay, I'm going to have to pay more money, so I really can't afford it. They have already paid. They've already paid their membership. Their membership, like a gym membership, includes unlimited access. So that's just opening the door um, or removing a barrier of good follow-up. Another doctor said some of these patients will have 10 or 12 issues and they just haven't seen a doctor in eight years. They've just been putting it off because they couldn't afford it. Another result of this sort of a model is that it allows and encourages more interaction, getting some of these things resolved, and the health of patients improves because of it. One doctor said all of these questions are answered We get to the bottom of it. All of that stuff that was happening before just eases and dissipates because we're taking care of everything one at a time. And so my patients are not that complex anymore. Of course, this is what good primary care should look like and should sound like. It's providing the vast majority of care that people need in primary care, in relationship, in this situation where there's not this cost barrier for every single visit. Of course, there's a lot more to direct primary care than than that affordability piece. One doctor talked to me about an elderly gentleman that he was taking care of that had some pretty significant problems happening, and he had been to the hospital multiple times. They just couldn't figure it out. He said, we got him to the hospital, he's alive, and now we're starting to dive into all of these other problems that even the hospital couldn't figure out because he was going to be there for only a short time. They couldn't figure out why he's not walking, why his bladder isn't emptying properly. I have time to dive into that stuff. It must be so rewarding to take care of patients in this way, to make somebody's life, make a patient's life so much better because you can really just take the time. And this is what you went to medical school for. This is what everybody wants out of their experience of being a primary care doc. And this is what DPC offers. Thank you for listening to the Nurturing the Heart of the Family Practice podcast. Our journey is just beginning. If you would like to connect with Gail Brecky and receive our Primary Care Mindset newsletter, send an email to hello at primarycaremindset.com. And be sure to follow rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time on the Nurturing the Heart of the Family Practice podcast, changing healthcare from the bottom up.